Hello and welcome to Thank You Come Again. This is an e-commerce podcast sponsored by Wonderment, where we dive into the actual strategies that leading D2C brands are using to not only make their customers come back and buy again, but have the best possible customer experiences. I'm Blake and Burl. I started my career as a retention marketer, and now I'm focused on being a shepherd of knowledge for you and others on all things retention marketing. You won't find any top 10 guru guides here. Instead, I want you to walk away from each episode with battle-tested and actionable insights that's going to help you to move a needle forward and driving repeat business. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. All right. Welcome back, friends, to this week's episode of Thank You, Come Again. Today, I am joined by Stuart Arsenault, CEO over at Junip. Stuart, big thanks for joining the show today, man. How are you? I'm good, Blake. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, so happy to be here. Yeah, super stoked. Um, I know you're coming off of Unite as we record this. How was the experience over at Unite? Uh, Unite was good. It was, um, it was definitely a, a more toned down version uh, than, than years past, but the parties were not. Um, and so a little bit tired, but it was good to see everybody in person uh, again. There, there are a lot of folks that like uh, we were just chatting before, like Greg, your, your, your old friend from Attentive, like these, these people who I haven't been able to see in three or four years because of the pandemic. And it's just nice to, to get to hang in, in person. Love it. Yeah, it's, it's so great to see people again in person. Like as I'm networking <laughs> at these events now, it's like kind of surreal. I mean, it's really cliche to say, but just seeing people in person, I think, you know, for even doing, you know, partnerships with working with day in and day out, like um, people think I'm, you know, a little bit shorter than I actually am in real life. So it's always fun to kind of shock people with how tall I am. But uh, anyway, I digress. But Snuck um, that one in, just snuck that one in <laughs> to the recording. Everybody, banner title of the episode, Blake is tall. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Jordan on our team is a little taller than me. We'll have to have a, a measuring contest there. It's the next social campaign. Who's tallest on Wonder Man? Love it. And then, well, today's episode is all about collecting reviews. Um, but before we dive into that and kind of talk about, you know, reviews, how it influences per- repeat purchases and all that good stuff, uh, can you just share like who, who is Junip? Who is Stuart? Like, what do you do over there? Yeah. So uh, Junip is a review platform for, for e-commerce businesses. Uh, we're really, really good at, at collecting reviews. Um, both through uh, like our ability to send review requests through your marketing automation providers, as well as the, the way that people submit reviews onto our platform. On average, a brand that moves to us gets four times the number of photos and videos with their reviews, um, which, is, which is sometimes good. And, and our team came from the, the e-commerce tech space. So we were at another company before we started Dunip and then uh, started it right before the pandemic. Um, so we're definitely the new kid on the block when it comes to, to reviews. I know you guys are doing a lot of awesome stuff. Um, you know, us, you know, we, we were together at, from my time at Attentive, you know, just kind of seeing what you're building, the brands you're working with. So many Wonderman customers also use Junip. So, I mean, you know, you guys are definitely cooking a lot of amazing, amazing products. So um, I'm really stoked to just kind of get your take on this space of reviews and UGC um, and kind of learn a little bit more just generally like how you see kind of this whole kind of ecosystem. Um, and I'd love to just start the conversation, you know, like defining the why um, so why, in your opinion, do customer reviews matter for retail and e-commerce brands? I, I think at this point in time, it's just become like, like core to the experience. Um, it, it's funny, like we've, we've been running the business for about three years now, and, and we've actually yet to have a brand ask us, like, should I do reviews? They all come to us wanting to do reviews um, because it's just like we've all shopped online. Like, what is the first thing that you look to? 
when you're making a purchase. You look at the reviews on the product page, then often you actually bounce out and like you check reviews on YouTube or you check reviews in like different writers that you like following or like Google reviews or whatever it might be. And um, this, this sort of experience of like shopping online, like you can't touch, feel, smell, whatever the product. And so you need social proof to be able to help understand what you should and shouldn't buy. I think that's so true. And also like thinking about it, you know, like we we are creatures of influence in a lot of ways and we run in these kind of circles. I think of, um, you know, if, if XYZ person had a great experience, you know, I typically feel like I might see myself having that same great experience. And like if I, you know, I mean, this is probably very cliche to say too, but if I see products that have no reviews or like very sketch reviews, you know, I'm very hesitant to want to buy that product, but also like even maybe investigate it further. So yeah. I think it's a great, you know, defining the why and kind of understanding this, but Something I really love about Junip and like how you kind of see this world is you've talked a lot about like, I think you use the words like quality over quantity for capturing reviews. Like, could you just share a little bit like why, why quality over quantity? Well, I, I think um, you actually touched on it in, in the last thought you had around like, you know, when you see a sketch review and like we've like we as humans have like been on the internet for a couple decades now and like we've been able to like learn like this is a scam this is real like this looks sketchy and like our our flags go up when we see anything that looks even remotely like sketchy and so the simple like title star and text is fine but people just know it's like so easy to fake and unfortunately there have been a lot of bad actors on the brand side that that have just moderated out all their reviews or they've uploaded like a bunch of fake reviews and so what we see brands like olipop or bodybuilding.com or jones road beauty like really trying to do is is making those reviews come to life um and there are two main ways you can do that uh one is with something we call custom questions so that's asking questions about the customer or about the customer's experience such as like how old are they what's their skin type or about their experience as like quality or taste or fit or any of those things. Um, and then it's, it's media, it's getting photos, videos, other types of like things beyond just text. And, and those, when, when I, as like a customer, end up in a review section and I don't just see, hey, 4.5 stars and like a couple nice sentiments, but I see like a picture of somebody who looks like me and like these attributes that match what I am looking for with the product, it's a lot more helpful and I'm a lot more likely to actually believe what they're saying, whether positive or negative. That's a really valid point. I think like um, having the ability to see yourself in the product and having this uh, to the uh, the ability to see there's a person leaving this review. So like when I see videos, I love to see that. I love to see the images. Um, one of my favorite things to do is like, so I'm an Amazon shopper. I'm no shame admitting that. But yep. one of the things that I hate about Amazon is like, you never know if the reviews are really real and authentic in a lot of ways. And like I know like, you know, they're trying to kind of remove bad actors and all these things. But like, uh, a lot of times there's not like real images associated. And so like when I shop D to C, I'll see the images. If I know they're using Junip, of course, you know, there's probably more images and stuff going on there, but it just helps you to kind of break through. I think some of the inauthentic kind of like, you know, uh, sketch type reviews that I think for the longest time kind of, you know, we, we saw on a lot of D to C sites, something that I think touches on the content side of the reviews too, I think is like, you know, you've built Junip to be mobile first and be optimized for mobile. Can you talk about why like you took, this approach to, you know, making sure like you really captured the mobile part of, of leaving reviews. That was really like one of the big things that we focused on, especially at the start of building Junip was that we, we think there's kind of been like, there's this gen one of like review tools that came out in the early 2000s. Then there was 
the Gen 2 that came out like early 2010s. And, and they had kind of become the old guard uh, by the time that we started. And in the early 2010s, people were still mostly building around desktop experiences. Um, but consumers really have entirely shifted to mobile at this point. Um, the Across all Junip brands, uh, 83% of reviews are left on mobile. Um, and so it's just not close. Like we, we frankly, like don't really consider the desktop experience when we're designing. We design for mobile and then we kind of make it work on desktop because it's, it's just so overwhelming how like much more traffic is coming on the mobile side. Um, the thing that, that frankly, like we didn't expect when we were doing that um, was that mobile actually happens to just be a way better place for you to get reviews. Um, so we knew we had to work on that screen, but it was kind of an accident that we learned that like people are uh, like from a psychological perspective, like way more likely to emote on like a mobile experience. We're much more professional in like a desktop uh, world, whereas on mobile, we're willing to express our like opinions more and we're willing to express our emotions. We're also way better at taking photos and videos with our phone than on like our webcam or desktop. And so getting all those things that make a review great. Um, are just way, way, way easier when we have the customer on their phone. And I know you mentioned too, like when we were talking the other month, um, we were doing an interview for uh, my attentive series, you were talking about like this Wharton study, I think that talked about like how people just generally open up more, have more, you know, just honest conversations. Like I think like text as a channel or like, you know, mobile as a channel, if you will, like leaving reviews, like I just, it, I feel like it would naturally, you, you would type more how you would talk to a friend. And when you're yeah. reading that review, it just feels way more authentic. It's something you would feel like you're getting a recommendation, honestly, or just an honest take rather than, yeah, like you're at a keyboard and, you know, you can type faster, all these different things that kind of, you know, it feels maybe a little bit different. Um, so I, I love thinking about that. And then also um, something that I, I, I kind of thought of as you were saying that was, you know, the, the uh, I guess, option to, if it's a desktop review, I have to send that image to my email maybe or airdrop it to my you know macbook and then upload it rather i could just go right from my you know my library and just put it right onto the site so it's just an easy experience not only that then being able to be authentic in the review and just kind of keep it conversational um i think there's really really important points about being mobile optimized yeah and, and to your point of like just the photo on desktop like we, we built a feature called handoff where on the media stage if you're leaving a review on desktop you can actually scan a QR code and add a photo or video from your phone because, again, nobody's taking a photo or video when they're on their computer. And so that, that like four times uh, increase in photos and videos, it's always like, oh, how the heck did you do that? It's just it's easy to leave it on your photo or on your phone. And like that's the entire difference. There's really no secrets off. It's crazy to think about that. Yeah, I mean, like 4X is just insane. And I think also like I saw something like a tweet recently from I think it was Jacob from Homestead. He was talking about like, you know, like how build to be mobile optimized and just desktop okay in a lot of ways, you know, mm -hmm. like, and I think mm -hmm. it's like we as marketers, especially in the SaaS space, you know, we're on our desktops all day and it can be really easy to, you know, not sort of uh, realize that like, you know, like, hey, like, you know, I'm actually in the minority kind of like when you look at the breakout of how people are engaging, you know, like you said, over 80% of people, you know, on mobile, like leaving reviews is just insane. Um, but I, I guess on that note too, like, are there any other ways besides optimizing for mobile as we think about leaving reviews? Like, are there some other best practices or things that we can think about to just make that experience better? Yeah, we, we say uh, we, we want to get as close to where, when, and how customers are most likely to leave a review. And so like the the mobile part is like the, the, the where, but also like 
the sending of the review request is another big chunk of that. And so we've done some things to, to prompt people uh, in places they're already going, um, such as like an account page or subscription page or order tracking page. Um, so we have what we call review links where a brand can embed a CTA in a bunch of different places across their customer experience that somebody's going to go after they've already made a purchase and they can just be prompted to leave a review there. I think like maybe backing up from like a feature perspective, um, if, if we think about like how brands have gathered reviews in e-commerce for the last decade or two, it's really just through like yelling at customers. Like it's these post-purchase emails and the, the biggest like innovation we created to get more reviews was yell at them more. Like instead of sending one email now we send two or three. Um, we don't think that that's like the best choice for you to make uh, to have like a sort of like increased lifetime value and like increased customer happiness. Um, but there are all these customers who like actually really do want to leave you a review. It's just too painful for them to do it. And so if we put this CTA in places they're already going, or if, if the way that we request the review through those post-purchase um, requests is a little bit more like tactful and a little bit, uh, a little bit nicer, through either like making sure that we're sending it on the right time by pulling in wonderment data um, or like sort of shipment and delivery tracking data to, to trigger that actual review request, as well as sending on the channel that, that they like the best. So if a customer is most likely to, to leave a review through email, we should send them an email and we should do that through Juniper, or we should do it through Klaviyo. If uh, they're most likely to, to leave a review through SMS, we should send them a text and we should do that through whatever text messaging provider uh, a brand is using. I think that's a really good call out. You know, you know, not yelling at your customers is like one of the, you know, most important things to think about. Like we have so, so many things as marketers um, that we have to communicate. And, you know, like the post-purchase journey can feel really crowded in a lot of ways. Like, you know, that's something we're trying to solve for. Our Wonderman is helping to kind of solve like kind of what that experience looks like pre, you know, delivery. But like, I mean, after delivery, like there's a lot of things that are fighting for attention. It's like, the review requests, it's the subscription reminders, it's the um, content onboarding education, like all these things. And so like, I think what you're saying is really important to sort of keep in mind is like orchestration is key, channel affinity is key, but also like looking at more intelligent ways to just display it too. Like customers do want to leave reviews and talk about it. And I think like that's really admirable how you're kind of thinking about the world is like, it's not only just yelling at your customers, like there's a lot more, you know, that we can we can do at this day and age. And and like if, if we take it out of the review context, it makes it really, really clear what we're talking about here, which is like if, if you just want to increase revenue from email marketing, for example, um, and you just want to increase revenue for next week, like the way to do that is scream at your customers, send them five emails a day. And like you're going to increase revenue next week, but you're going to piss off a lot of people and you're going to pay some long term costs for that. And so it's really clear when, when you look at it in like that lens, for some reason, reviews has kind of been like sitting outside of that and hasn't been thought of in the same way. And, mm -hmm. and like, of course, we're able to just spam people to leave a review, but, but we have to think about it in the same way. Um, the, the one story that one of our agency partners, uh, Matt from Urban Folk was telling us was that he, um, he, he gets the same pizza. Uh, every Thursday for his family, for like his wife and kids, um, he goes to, I think he goes to Pizza Pizza, which is a bad choice because that's not a good pizza <laughs> place. But um, he goes to Pizza Pizza, gets the same pizza every single week. Every single week, they send him an email after he gets his pizza asking him to leave a review. Like Matt, Matt has bought, <laughs> but like the LTV on like his pizza consumption 
with your pizza place is insane and you're still just harassed like and he's so annoyed that he's getting this email every week that's one of your like best customers you should not be harassing them just for a review uh if he wants to leave a review he knows how to do it that's insane i i had a similar experience i'm sure everyone listening probably has had a similar experience as well and i think it paints a really good picture and one of my questions for you actually is like is it okay to ask for a review on a first purchase? Like, should you think about, you know, like, hey, if I'm a CPG or consumables brand, like maybe it's second, third, fourth purchase, like when is the right time? And is there like a hard and fast rule? Yeah, I, I think it, it definitely is okay. Um, I, I think that like the, the more nuanced thing that like a lot of our brands have to like test is like when after the first purchase, do they make the ask? Um, we like as much as I rail against like spamming people to request reviews, we still want to make clear the door is open. And so like you should send that review request. Um, but the timing really does change. And that's something that you really should A-B test. Um, an example I would give uh, is like obviously there's timing constraints around delivery where just every brand who's listening to this probably knows like they've gotten that review that said like, okay, I haven't actually gotten my order yet, one star. Um, and so we need to get those out of the way. That's just like basics. Like we need to stop that. But um, sending it like a week after delivery versus like four weeks after, after delivery ends up with like some really different um, results. One of the CBD brands that we were working with, um, they were sending their review requests exactly seven days after the product was delivered. And they kept getting these like two-star reviews. Like it doesn't work. I don't know what it's doing. I'm not happy with it, blah, blah, blah. And then they switched it to, to send it 45 days after purchase. And they got about 10% fewer reviews because a lot of people had, like some people had moved on or weren't as interested, they weren't as warm, but way better. It was night and day. Went from average two star to average like 4.7 because people had actually had a chance to use the product. And so, especially for CPG or any of these consumables where it takes a little bit of time to know, uh, like, do I actually like this product? Um, we should test that out. Um, but we also have brands on the exact opposite end of the spectrum where they, they said, hey, we're going to wait 90 days to send a review request because we sell camping equipment and we want people to really have tried it by then. Um, but then by the time they send the review request 90 days later, the customer's forgotten that they bought it um, and they move it up to seven days and they have great reviews. So there's no, like every, everybody always wants a clean cut answer of like, you should mm -hmm. do exactly this for everybody. That doesn't exist, um, but we can try stuff and we can A-B test and, and we can figure out what works for your brand and your customer. That's definitely the uh, the magic rule of e-commerce. It depends, I think, is like the best <laughs> answer, you know. But yeah. um, I think what you're next. saying, too, is... I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say ne next podcast title, It Depends. <laughs> this changes to it, it Depends instead of uh, Thank You Come Again. But um, I, I think it's what you're saying, too, is it comes back to the quality over quantity kind of narrative that I think we started the conversation with is it's like... Um, you even if I get 10% decrease in total reviews that you talked about with the CBD brand, like they're having a chance to get their hands in the product, test it out. And then like when those reviews start to think, you think about the next first time purchaser reads that review and someone's actually tested the product. It's not just like five stars, like, you know, cool. Like thanks. Great experience. But like actually talks about the benefits, you know, their experience. Like I can imagine these are compounding effects. And um, I, if I was thinking about my own brand, I would definitely want that kind of real honest review, even, even if it was 10, 20% less to have like authentic reviews. So, so important. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about too, was you talked about like timing of, of this and something that I know that we worked on here with Wonderman and Junip was kind of being able to time the review request off of, you know, shipment delivered events. So 
Um, could you talk a little bit about like the Wonderment and Junip? I guess we can call it integration, um, but just sort of like experience and how that's helping maybe to better orchestrate review requests. Uh, we can definitely call it integration. It's it's a uh, it's an <laughs> awesome experience. I think um, I think like from a high level, um, Wonderment and Junip are are both aligned in that like uh, we're kind of a new crop of like tools that. Uh, I guess like a, a way you could say it is like we don't have like our guards up in the same way that kind of that first gen of like ecom uh, like technology does. There there was a like an earlier batch that really wanted to like own everything and live in their own little silos. And and the reality of the post purchased experience, especially, is there are like seventeen different things that are trying to talk to a customer. And if we don't talk to each other, then you're just like spamming the crap out of customers. And so. Um, what Wonderment does is Wonderment really understands like, hey, this is this is where the package is. This is when it got delivered. This is like, which, which is the thing that should orchestrate everything that you're doing post-purchase. Like knowing if somebody's shipment is delayed versus somebody's shipment arrived early changes everything that you're talking to that customer about. Um, and so we get to piggyback off of that where um, you're able to, to trigger everything that goes out from a review perspective um, based off of when Wonderment gives us kind of the green light. So we wait for Wonderment to say like, hey, it showed up, it's there, um, and you can go reach out, which which makes sure that we don't send it before the review, or sorry, that we don't send the review request before the package arrives. It also, mm -hmm. if we bring it back to like testing, lets us be more specific with our testing because we know that we're actually sending it X days after it has been delivered versus just like trying to guess. Um, if we don't know when the package is delivered, then sure, we're sending like seven days after fulfillment, but the test isn't going to be good because some people then got that two days after it was delivered and some people got it four days after it was delivered. Um, so it lets people be a lot more accurate with how they're sort of iterating on things. But overall, the easiest thing, just like any brand can get and benefit, no work required, no testing, is just making sure that everybody who gets a review request has actually gotten their product. It feels just like such a logical kind of evolution too. I yeah. think in like the customer experience, like I think, you know, 2021 was all about retention. I think 2022 and 23, I think will be about customer experience. And like, this is just fundamentally letting you dictate a better customer experience. Yeah, we don't, we don't have flying cars, but we do have the technology <laughs> to build a personalized shopping experience. Um, and, and we should at least use that. A hundred percent. Well, maybe flying cars will come at some point, but uh, in the time being, this will, this will bite our time. But I, I'm really excited by this, dude. I think like, um, you know, it's been a lot of positive feedback, I think, early on, but I'm excited to see, you know, just like kind of where this, you know, can really help to better orchestrate, you know, just you know, beyond like just this, but thinking about like what the future state could be, too. Um, I think one of the other cool things about this, you know, is we're able to also put the review requests on a tracking page, too. I know that we kind of we're looking at that experience like. Any thoughts just like on, on that? I know we're talking about more about real estate to ask for reviews. Um, any thoughts just about being able to, to put that there as well? I, I think we're, we're a very small part of a very big ledge that Wonderment is jumping off of here that I think is like much more interesting, even just on your side um, of like, I think what you guys are doing with the order tracking pages is taking this very boring, underutilized part of the e-commerce experience um, and making it like, helpful, valuable, useful, both to the customer and the brand. If you compare like sending a customer to a Wonderment tracking page versus like a DHL stock, stock tracking page, it's just night and day. 
um, to the earlier, like, we have the technology comment. Like, it's you can just have, like, the same delivery tracking experience that Apple has. Like, that's that's available to you now through Wonderment. Um, one really small part of that is what Junip's doing, which is we're able to put a CTA on those tracking pages so that when an order has been delivered, you can actually prompt customers to leave a review from there as well if a customer ends up on that tracking page. Um, but I think overall, um, if, if yeah, 2021 was retention, like 2022, like everybody is aware, like there's no free lunch anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you just have to be excellent, like on, on every single part of the customer experience. Um, and this is an obvious, obvious place where, where brands can just add excellence um, without working that hard um, because Wonderment's made it easy for them. I think we got to get you to uh, to do our, our sales pitches for us. That was uh, that was glowing. Thank you. But uh, no, I, I I totally totally agree with you. I think it's for us. We we see the tracking page as a lot more. But I think you know it's uh, it's stuff like this. You know, being able to just put the, the review request on a tracking page. You know, even if it's just a small lift, or you know, even if it's just a test that you're running, mm-hmm. um, it's just new real estate to be able to to try. You know, I think like um, it's getting harder and harder to retarget customers and it's what we're talking about too it's like you know we don't want to yell at our customers all the time and if you can just casually you know start that kind of breadcrumb of like hey you can leave a review on this tracking page i I think it also just kind of starts to embed more of the behaviors that we want our customers to be taking totally and i I think we're gonna like as as more brands start to deploy these and and you guys are doing good work with like the tracking page library and like we're gonna just see different experimentation whether it's reviews or whether it's like surveys with fairing or whether it's like uh, just recommended products or different stuff with loyalty. I think we're going to see a lot of experimentation across like this real estate over the next 12 months. Very excited. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's great to see, you know, you know, merchants, I mean, be able to, to take advantage of this, but also like tech vendors like, you know, Junip and like, like us as well, be really thinking about like, what's the future state looking like for customer experience in a lot of ways. But um, to pull this back to reviews, because I do want to ask you the million dollar question that I think uh, is on everyone's mind is, Give me your best argument for why reviews and UGC are critical in driving repeat business. It's interesting because I, I think like um, reviews in that like sort of early 2010s lens was viewed purely as a like conversion level lever of like, okay, we can add reviews to the site and then like overnight you'll increase conversion 30%. Um, and, and viewed exclusively through that lens um reviews actually got taken to a little bit of a bad place because if you're only optimizing for conversion um then it's not that big of a jump for you to jump to tricking customers um and that's where you see all the bad behavior come in um that's where you see like hiding all the bad reviews that's where you see removing like just adding fake content or any of those types of things and so um what we like reviews well done um, both should increase conversion and decrease your return rate um, because it should be giving customers a really honest perspective of what mm-hmm. the experience of using this product is going to be. And if customers have an honest perspective of what using a product is going to be and they have a lower return rate and they do have an increased conversion rate, they're also going to retain way better because they're not going to get some crappy product they aren't happy with. Um, that does like <laughs> It does sort of raise the stakes where if you just have bad products, um, you're not going to make it and you're probably a bad fit for Dunip, sorry. Um, but if you have great products, um, they aren't for everybody. And so honest reviews can help somebody actually know, hey, this isn't the product I should buy, but I should buy this one. Um, you don't want to be doing returns anyways. That's a really expensive part of your business. And so reviews done well are an honest representation of what the product is, which can 
absolutely increase retention and increase sort of like customer life, uh, lifetime value because they're actually going to be happy with the, the product they buy. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I think that you hit it on the head. It's it's really painting the best possible picture of like what they're signing up for and getting into. Um, and then also like some of those other intrinsic benefits too of like, I think one of the cool things about, you know, asking for a review is it's like you're letting the customer really kind of tell you, you know, what their experience was like. And I think that also just kind of shows, um, you know, the attention is like to also just value them as a customer. And like, you know, I know a lot of merchants will read those reviews and that influences product roadmap. Maybe they end up reaching out to the customer too and actually, you know, further probing or learning more about their own experiences. So like um, it's, it's a lot of what you said, I think, is like just generally like it's all customer experience focused at, at the end of the day. Totally. And, and, and they're like, I, I think the other, this is maybe taking this in a little bit of a different direction, but it's, it's on the same line is like, they are like a living, breathing thing too, where mm -hmm. um, don't hide the review, like deal with the customer's problem and then ask them to edit it if you solve their problem. Um, oh, and, and so whether it's like replying to reviews or engaging with customers who are unhappy, asking them to edit it, looking at the content that's coming in and using that to inform like your product development. I mean, uh, like we have reviews for our own product on the Shopify app store. And that's, that's absolutely what we're doing is, is we're engaging with all of those. We're understanding what's going on. What do people like? What don't people like about the app? And I'm sure you guys are doing a similar thing with Wonderment too. Yeah, hundred percent. I think there's just so many benefits that come from you know, starting the conversation with that. And then also really like what you said about responding to reviews is also really critical. I think too, like I, I actually look a lot at that as a consumer. Um, if a brand's active in those reviews and if there are negative reviews, like did they, you know, try to resolve it because, you know, not every experience can be perfect in a lot of ways. And I think it's a, you learn a lot about a brand um, or even a company from how they respond to to those reviews. So, um, Stuart, I could talk for days with you about this. This has been super, super insightful, as always. Um, what's next for Junip? Like what's uh, what's going on over the next few months for you guys? Uh, I mean, we, we got we got a lot on the go. The, the one I can share right now, we, we do have uh, it, it's not announced yet. So so we might be breaking news on Thank You Come Again. But um, <laughs> We're really good at gathering photos and videos, and so uh, we wanted to expand that out. So we're actually given the option to to add uh, TikTok videos uh, into your reviews. So we've seen a lot of uh, customers, especially in the younger demographics, are actually like downloading TikToks and adding them to the reviews manually. And so we did an integration with TikTok's login kit, so now brands can let customers add TikToks into any review that they have. Dude, that's awesome. I love that. I know a lot of brands are going to be very excited about that. You know, just having that ability to do that is, um, it seems like a logical evolution, I think, but I'm also not surprised because you guys seem to really be on like the pulse of like where reviews and UGC should be headed. So dude, that's awesome. Appreciate you sharing that. And, and, uh, I mean, like, uh, this, this was a lot of fun. We should do, uh, do another one next week. <laughs> I'm uh, well, you're always welcome back. So, I mean, we definitely have to plan something and maybe when that product drops, we'll have to do a, a feature on that. But before I let you go, where can we go to learn more about Junip? Uh, so it's just junip.co, uh, J U N I P.co. Uh, and then on social we're Junip HQ on, on all the platforms. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. I learned a heck of a lot from this episode with Stuart. I hope you did as well. I just wanted to recap my top five takeaways from today's discussion. Uh, first, it's all about quality over quantity with reviews. Stuart talked a lot about how we're in this new era of review capture and how we should be really helping to bring them to life by asking customers questions based on their experience. So some examples that he mentioned include, how old are you? You know, How was your experience? Uh, how did it taste? How did it fit? All these things that can really uh, probe for a more thoughtful and authentic review. 
Also, asking for media can be super impactful, making that review more credible um, and focusing on quality. So, you know, if you're using a solution that's optimized for mobile like Junip, you can really easily capture more media in UGC. Um, but it's also just really great to add credibility to the review as another person reads that review, they're seeing what's on there, and then they're seeing the images of the product out in the wild. It can be a really great one-two punch there. Number two, optimize your review capture motion for mobile. I think Stuart mentioned like 83% of Junip's brands um, have customers leaving reviews on mobile. Um, we know that you know we're in a mobile first era. People have been saying this for a decade and a half now, I think. Um, but it's also just really interesting what he was talking about, how people open up more on mobile. They're more conversational. They're more authentic. They type you know, just like they would be talking with a friend. Um, and so these are all really great things that can help us to capture more credible um, and just authentic reviews. Um, it's also great for UGC capture. I think he mentioned like four times more UGC being captured via mobile reviews. There's a really cool Jones Road Beauty case study that kind of talks about some of the impact and how they were able to really capture a lot more UGC from being mobile optimized. Um, it's on Junip's website. I think it was Attentive and, and uh, Jones Road Beauty and Junip. Um, so that case study is awesome. Highly recommend you check it out and see some of that actual uh, you know, proof of, of kind of how this really works. Number three, um, you can also optimize your review capture by avoiding yelling at your customers and making it seamless. Um, you know, channel affinity of where they're engaging with you on, if it's email, if it's SMS, can be really impactful And thinking about how you ask for that review, but also placing your review request on your order tracking page or on site or leaving a product insert. These are all things that help bridge the gap and also kind of create more of a visibility of, you know, hey, like leave a review if you had a great experience. Also, um, you know, being able to time your reviews off of a delivered event and not just a order placed event is really, really critical. So a solution like Wonderment, not to plug Wonderment, but we really help you to capture reviews um, in a timely way saying, okay, this product hit the doorstep, now let's wait X amount of time and then ask for a review rather than, hey, um, you know, 21 days after purchase, for example. Um, so it's no eliminating the guessing game and really making sure that you're optimized for capture. Number four, timing with reviews depends. Uh, he mentioned a lot about how testing out different things and learning what works for your brand and there's no hard and fast rule. But again, using a deliberate event um, can really help you to start from a place of kind of uh, equanimity almost um, and being able to capture um, you know more intelligent kind of testing data. Um, so if it's seven days after delivery versus 21 days, etc. So you kind of get the idea of what you can do there. And number five, um, reviews well done should also increase conversion rates and decrease return rates. And this is because reviews give a customer an honest perspective of what they're getting into, what the product experience is like. They can see images, videos, and it helps to just really reduce buyer's remorse and really is a great way for them to rule out or rule in. Is this the right product for me? So these are really great things for customer experience. You're setting the stage really well with your reviews. So there you have it, folks. That's my top five takeaways from today's episode. I am so, so bullish on what Stuart and Junip are building, but regardless of whatever review solution you're using, I hope you were able to get some new food for thought on how to capture more quality over quantity reviews from your customers. That's all for this week's episode. Until next time, thank you and come again.